And welcome to day one of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour 2019. Wow, what a day. It was a beautiful day out there. At least it was in the Western Belt where I was. I went through Southeast South Dakota and in through uh, Northeast Nebraska. Brian Grady, Pro Farmer editor and leader of the Eastern Leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour was out in Ohio and Eastern Indiana. We're gonna talk Ohio numbers with Brian right now. Brian. Welcome. How'd the day go, man? Uh, it went well, Chip. Uh, the scouts worked really hard. Uh, you know, we, we ended up grabbing uh, a couple more samples this year than what we have in the past, wow. even with all the uh, prevent plant acres out there. So uh, scouts worked really hard. Um, you know, they, they found combinations of corn, soybean fields. Uh, some of those times it, it was hard to do, but yeah. uh, they did it and did a great job. Excellent. Okay. What'd you come up with for the corn yield? Corn yield of 154.35, and that was down 14% from what we found on tour last year. So, um, you know, I, when we look at uh, USDA's August 1 number, it was down 14.4% at 160 bushels per acre. Um, so, you know, the percentage changes year to year uh, match up a, a lot with what USDA found. Uh, very immature crop. Um, it, it's got a long ways to go yet. So uh, we measured... What was a, a lot of uh, potential yield as opposed to realized yield at this point? Yeah, exactly. Brian, where did the shortfall come in? Was it the ear counts? Was it the grain length, the kernel rows? Where where was the hit from a year ago? It, it was in ear counts, and, okay. and they were down pretty significantly, about 10 per 60 foot of row. And uh, so that, that's a pretty significant reduction. Uh, they, they, uh, that number was just under 90 this year. And last year it was just under 100. So um, grain length was down a little bit, not, not a whole lot there. Um, kernel rows, they were down a little bit. Um, but really the driver on, on the lower yield was uh, the ear counts. Boy, that takes us right back to the tough conditions that we had during the planting season, doesn't it? I mean, it, you, you planted into tough conditions, oh, yeah, and, and that's going to happen. Yep, definitely. Uh, I, I know the fields that I was in, and, and I sampled corn all day long, uh, but we had multiple skips. Uh, we had stocks that didn't have ears on them, uh, stocks that had ears that weren't going to make grain at all, that weren't viable. I mean, they were just it felt like uh, wet tissues when you squeezed them, so there, there wasn't anything inside them that, that was of uh, grain value there. Um, all kinds of things, but Definitely uh, impacts of, of the rough conditions that they had through uh, spring and, and early summer. Gotcha. All right, let's jump over to soybeans. What'd you get for pods in a three by three foot square? Uh, seven sixty four point zero one, so seven hundred sixty four, and that's a huge, huge reduction. Uh, that was down thirty eight point eight percent from what we had on tour last year. Now. Last year was a huge year for pods, pretty much across the Corn Belt, but Ohio especially. And this year was a really low number for, for pod counts in Ohio. Uh, we're down significantly. The three-year average is 1136.75. So uh, we're down you know, almost 400 from what the three-year average is here in the state. Brian, and that's what happens when you plant beans in June, right? I mean, they're double crop beans. Yeah, basically, and and that's uh, basically what we found today was a lot of uh, what would be equivalent to double crop soybeans. Uh, you know, just 
the numbers aren't there. Uh, the pods right. are there. It's a short crop, but because it's short doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't have pods. But in this case, the short crop does have uh, a reduced number of a significantly reduced number of pods. Yeah. And th what I noticed out here was the node placement on the plants was really pretty good, Brian. It really was, but we ran into some issues. Instead of having four, five, even six pods per node, three pods per node, maybe three with a short little kicker, but that was it. Are you see? Is that what you saw over there? Yeah, we had very similar findings. Yeah. I mean, I think it's you know it goes back to one, they were planted so late. Two, they were planted it probably in a rush, and three, they were planted in the poor conditions, and, and uh, um, you know it really does show both the corn and soybean crop show the impacts of, of uh, the planting conditions when the guys were, were actually able to go. Gotcha. Brian, I'm going to take about 20 more seconds. Any weed pressure, any disease pressure in either corn or soybeans that you need to mention? You know, not a lot that I saw in my route. Actually, it was pretty, uh, the soybeans were pretty clean. I, w I was pretty impressed with that because I kind of anticipated that uh, maybe we would see more of that. Now, some of the fields that we didn't sample that we drove by, we did see uh, that, but I, it looked like the guys got it uh, in the fields, got them sprayed, got, did a pretty darn good job of, of keeping the, the weeds under control. Insect pressure. Uh, you know, that, that isn't going to be the issue. The issue right. is, is how much moisture they get and how long the growing season extends and, and whether they'll, you know, how, how we can yeah. plump up the soybeans and, and fill out the, uh, the corn yeah. uh, because it, it's getting to the finish line, and, and that's the big question. Yeah, that's your number one concern over there in Ohio is, is the maturity of that corn crop and whether or not it's going to make it to maturity before we end the growing season on it. Uh, good stuff, Brian. I'm going to let you go Definitely because, very... yeah, I'm going to let you go, bud, because I know you got to get to your meeting. Uh, knock them dead tonight. Have fun. Great job today. Congratulations to everybody over there on the on on the eastern leg of the the crop tour. We'll talk with you again tomorrow, bud. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Jim. All right, that is Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady. He's also the leader of the eastern leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. And sitting right next to me here. Pro Farmer Senior Market Analyst, Jeff Wilson, the leader of the Western Leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. How you doing today? Everything go okay? Well, did it go better this year than last year on the first day? <laughs> it went a lot better. It did? What, well, what, you're here for there, one thing. I am here, and there wasn't a lot of mud today to get stuck in, okay? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you know, rookie move. Rookie. They, this year, not the rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good stuff, man. What a day. They went out there and knocked it dead. Uh, they did a great job over here for you today. They did. We got as many samples as we did a year ago, yeah. and that's going around a lot of prevent plant acres. I mean, I was wow. amazed at how we had to work our way around. You might have to pick a corn uh, estimate here and then have to drive another quarter mile half mile to find your soybean estimate and it was that that's difficult you yeah. know because one half of the it's group time is consuming very time consuming yeah. so and the pp acres in south dakota they're all there let me yeah. tell you they are there and they are ugly and, and they, they are got they are heartbreaking is yes what they, are. they are they are and they've got to be concentrated in the southeast part of the state all 2.8 million i think it was right. on corn one point, I don't remember what the number was on soybeans, but big numbers. And when you get numbers like that, it, <laughs> good grief. And, you know, you want to go out there and do what you can to 
to help that dirt get through a year like it's going through. And uh, uh, some of those cover crops, they were seeded in the last 10 days. Right. Something like that. And there were some pretty cover weed crops that were very, very tall. (laughs) And it's very, (laughs) it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of money to burn those weeds down for next year's. It's going to take a lot of iron to get rid of those weeds. There's no doubt. Let's jump to the numbers. What'd you get for corn? For corn, we ended up with a uh, tour average of 154.1 bushels per acre, which is uh, down 13.4% from last year's tour average of 178 bushels. Interestingly enough, it's uh, only down 2.8% from the three-year average that we took uh, uh, the past three seasons. Now, USDA's number down uh, 1.9%. Uh, from a year ago at 157 bushels. So it would appear that there is maybe some numbers that may need to get a little smaller in South Dakota. I mean, that's usually a pretty good part of the state where where we measure. We do know that if you go just a little bit further northwest, there's some very good crops up there. And we did not measure those today. They were out of the PP area. They were able to plant. And so they might pull up the state average a little bit more. Right, right. Where was the hit from a year ago? What uh, what pulled that number down? The hit was in the ear count. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's down 13% from a year ago. It's down 6.8% from the three-year average, and that brought us down for the total yield average. What's interesting is the grain length was uh, actually also down 5.3%, and the kernels around was were up. Mm-hmm. Were up. I mean, if you're planning in that kind of stress, wouldn't you think kernel around? Who knows? Yeah. But anyway, it's all about the number of ears that were yeah, in that field. The population, which is not measurable by satellites, I don't think, mm-hmm. what the ears are going to be out there, they're down 13%. Right. Right. So that's where that's obviously where the big hit is. You know, um, let's let's go ahead. Before we talk general, let's uh, get to the bean numbers there. What would you, fa- what'd you have for uh, pod counts in a three by three foot square in South Dakota, eight hundred and thirty three, which is down eighteen, almost nineteen percent from a year ago, okay. and down almost fourteen percent from the three year average. And the uh, USDA's number, this uh, their yield number, not their pod count number, but their yield number is down two point two percent from a year ago at forty five bushels. And the the big hit here is is in the pod count. I mean, it's just yeah. there's nothing you can say about it except short it, beans, short beans, and even when you had a taller bean, yeah. you ended up with only two or three pods per node. Right, and that was I, I think I counted maybe, and I did beans all day. I let the other guys do the corn. Well, you are Jeff Four Bean Wilson, Four Bean Wilson, looking for that five bean. That's right. $100 to the first person that brings it in. Is that right? I've always, yep. All right. Did you see any four-beaners today? None. 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 They're and not a, there. And a fair amount of twos. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of flats. This crop is immature. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, what you would expect when you get that's, to plant late. That's exactly where I wanted to go. Now, over in Ohio, with that late-developing corn crop, that slow-developing bean crop, it, that we talked about it a couple of times on AgriTalk today. That area can be somewhat isolated. It's got a later normal first frost date than does South Dakota, than does Minnesota, Northwest Iowa. Um, if I if every day for the next forty five days, 
was like today, where we got up to 83, 84 degrees. We had good sunshine today. You give me 45 of today's, and the corn crop will make it. Even 30 would be a, a, would be a great help. Big help. A big help. But it needs 50 days. It, yeah. <laughs> and what are the odds that we're going to continue to see days like we saw today? We were amazed at how immature the corn was. Yeah. I mean, of the 10 samples that we Along took. Along I-90 and you're pulling blisters? Yeah. It's not a good, not a good signal. No. No, not at all. So, again, you know, that's going to bring that harvested acreage question in, uh, into play. Uh, and, and not only that, but a corn crop as immature as it is right now, with normal weather, with normal weather, boy, you got to wonder about grain weight. you got to wonder about the ability of that crop to dry down. Because what if it does, what, what if the season does end normally around October 1? Just call it October 1. If the, if the season ends on October 1, boy, there's going to be some high-moisture corn that's going to get hit with... Uh, you better have your propane purchased. That's right. You better have it bought. Yep. It's going to go higher. We, we've had a dip in propane, yep. so it's something to think about. One of the things that freaked me out was seeing prevent plant ground under a pivot. <laughs> think about it. The, the reason that there's a pivot on there is because it's probably some lighter ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally well-drained ground. Normally, and not only that, but they pick up four tenths of an inch of rain overnight in some of those areas, and there's water standing in on the, the that the prairie pothole state is coming back. <laughs> it was it was really a lot wetter than I thought it would have been. And like you said, the when you see the prevent plant under irrigation, yeah, and and it moved all the way down into. Into Nebraska, Nebraska too. too. I was a little surprised at how yeah. many, especially as we got closer to Grand Island. But that's the story for tomorrow. Yeah, we got into Merrick County, yeah. and that's where we ran into it again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's really something. Uh, I got to ask, bugs, weeds, disease, anything? No. Freak you out? Nope. Nothing. Okay. I mean, it's. I, I'm more freaked out about the weeds that are in the PP fields that yeah. haven't been taken care of. Yeah. That's, but. Because the no, seed bank for next year, right? Uh, yeah, and 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 clearly there's some fields, soybean fields mostly that needed to have one more treatment done. Right. It's clear, and maybe someone didn't want to spend the money, and there were some, or they just couldn't get in, or they couldn't yeah. get in. Yeah. And then the, there was there was some weed problems in in corn, but it wasn't like it's yeah. never it's never as heavy one of as the it was. things. That, one of the things that bothers me though is when you walk into some of those bean fields, and you got those twisted, gnarled up water hamps. Yep. They got hit at one point, and maybe they got hit, hit with half a rate, <laughs> something like that. And all he did was piss them off <laughs> and twisted them up, but they're still making seeds. Yep. What are those seeds going to be for next year? Stronger. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a big concern. All For the last oh, three weeks, four weeks, something like that, uh, as we've been getting ready for crop tour, the conversation has been, boy, Ohio on day one is really going to stink. It's going to be bad, you know. And I kept saying, well, now wait, South Dakota's right al- going to be right along there with it. Let me throw out a couple of numbers for you here, guys. Ohio corn yield, 154.35. South Dakota corn yield, 154.08. They're within a half a bushel of each other. 
within a half a bushel. Look at your pod count, 764 out of Ohio, 833 out of South Dakota. It's not enough to, difference to, to even talk about. No. Um, so there are two very similar crops on opposite ends of the Corn Belt. Very similar crops. Which is interesting. With the maturity side and everything. Which leaves the South Dakota crop very vulnerable to an early or normal end of the growing season. Normal. Yep. 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 What do you think? Day one. Great day. Yeah. I mean, our our scouts went out there. They got as many samples as uh, we needed to get to be able to make a comprehensive evaluation of what this what this situation is up here. You know, the PP is what it is. Yep. And it is here. Yep. It is widespread, and it. And it's heartbreaking for those guys that have it. Yep. The yields were, you know, I guess the the the, the ear population was a little lower than I thought it was going to yep. be. That was, to me, the biggest surprise in the corn. And the soybean pods, I didn't see one good field yeah. the whole day. See, and, and guys that have been listening to AgriTalk have heard me mention 1996. You know, uh, 1996, we were in the Eastern Belt. We came back with some very, very low pod counts. Uh, freaked everybody out. I got Dr. Ellsworth, Ellsworth Christmas to come over and talk to the group that, that evening. And uh, uh, he just stood, you know, he, he stood there in front of the group and said, guys, you know, he said, if if they get a if they get enough of the growing season, they can still make thirty five bushel. And everybody thought he was crazy. Didn't frost until Thanksgiving. It literally did not frost until Thanksgiving, and they made thirty five bushel. So if you the, the the potential that we measured in Ohio, the potential that we measured in South Dakota, that can be a blessing. If everything goes perfect. Granted, if if, if the huge if, but if everything goes perfect, these crops can be pretty good. If things go normal from this point forward, edge of catastrophe is what I've been saying all year. Edge of catastrophe depends on how normal normal is, right? Or, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It depends how wide the variation in temperatures, yep. sunlight. It these plants need, need sun. sunlight, and we have not had as much sun this summer. Then, uh, right, and sunlight will bring them along just yeah. as quickly, yeah. right now because that's what you can just tell. They, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, let me have some more of that sun." <laughs> it was like they were out of the beach. They were wiping <laughs> on the baby oil. Hit me, baby, hit me. I love you. That what? That's what that coconut smell was. That is. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to our coverage of day one of the 2019 Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Brian Grady, uh, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady, will be with us again tomorrow night, and we'll have the final numbers for Indiana. I'll also be talking with Pro Farmer Senior Market Analyst Jeff Wilson when we get to Nebraska City. Uh, And we may have a special guest with us tomorrow night. I'm just going to throw that out there. We may have a special guest with us tomorrow night for the podcast. Okay? Great. Looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. And, of course, tomorrow night we'll have the final numbers for Nebraska. All right, everybody, I'm Chip Flory, host of AgriTalk, signing off from Grand Island, Nebraska, and the 2019 Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. <laughs>